The U.S. just reached its debt limit, and now the race is on for Congress to agree on how to raise it. In this episode, we discuss what the debt limit is, why we keep finding ourselves in this situation, and ramifications near and far from Congress's continued behavior. Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you. Welcome to episode 36 of the Financially Sharp Podcast presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared towards making you more financially literate. I'm Adam Henning, marketing professional and small business owner. I'm joined as always with co-host, certified financial planner, JD and industry expert, Tanner Bortum. Tanner, I think I brought it up in the last episode, if I can remember correctly, but one of my favorite websites is the usdebtclock.org, and that's <laughs> going to be you did, kind of a topical, <laughs> a topical uh, website and a little fun interactive visual for us to reference in this episode. This episode, we're talking about the debt ceiling and how we have a lot of it. A lot of debt, I should say. <laughs> yeah, a lot of debt. Yeah, debt ceiling. Uh, we just passed it. You know, by the time this episode comes out, um, we'll have, you know, hit our debt ceiling, and Congress will have to, you know, once again raise that. And I'm getting, you know, I'm getting a lot of questions about that from clients, and and so I thought this would be a good episode to, um, you know, chat about that. What is the debt ceiling? Why do we keep raising it? Why do we even have one? Because we raise it literally every time um you know what does it mean what would happen if we would default you know and not raise it uh you know different things like that so um hopefully oh and then i guess yeah what's the cause like why do we continue to keep being in this exact same situation so hopefully uh today's episode will be uh helpful for everyone to understand a little bit more about what's going on so what was that na- magical number that we eclipsed uh, thirty-one trillion something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when was that? <laughs> when was the last time that ceiling was raised? Uh, um, four years, I, ten years. I. Oh I no, 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 no. I yeah, I don't know the exact date, but probably within the last year or so. They. Oh, it okay. seems like we're doing this every year. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I mean, the the proverbial we kick the can down the road, but uh, you know, clearly we don't have a Harrison Bucker that can kick it very far. Um, so. I get my Chiefs reference in. Uh, Dear God. So, uh, you know, we're, you we're just not kicking that extra 15 yards or not. Oh, he definitely needed that 50, extra 15 <laughs> yards. Um, yeah, and I'm just... saying Harrison can kick the ball really far. I'm saying we as a country, we don't kick it very far. We just kind of uh. push it push it down the road for another year. Or else maybe it's a problem of we're getting there too quickly. I mean, that that could be it as well. We continue to reach the debt ceilings faster and faster it seems like so 
But yeah, I'd say probably like the last year or so. I don't know the exact date. Okay, so how did we get here? Obviously, we like to spend like we don't have a, a credit card limit or um, yeah, like a teenager with a credit card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know if that's a, a ridiculous enough analogy of being a teenager teenager with a credit card. I mean, I, I think it's you know like being a baby just swinging stuff around and every time you happen to shake this credit card, it charges something is how much we're spending on things. Um, and that, that really is it. Um, you know, there's a lot of political posturing as there always is right now. Um, you know, of, well, is it the Democrats fault? Is it the Republicans fault? You know, finger pointing. Oh, it's because all of us as, as citizens, we spend too much. And yet no, it's like, no, no, the, the root cause is government spends too much and not like a little bit too much. Like, insane amounts <laughs> too much um and we can i mean i guess we could just dive right into to that part we can kind of work through some of the other things but i mean really what what's happening is is we have the reason we have a debt ceiling is it's a limit on what um well government and, and the united states can have as as debt that they can loan out now Every time so far that this has come up, Congress has always said, okay, shame on us. We won't do this again. We'll raise the debt ceiling. And then a year later, we're in the same boat. Um, and the problem of how we continue to keep getting more debt is, you know, as much as the government doesn't want to be treated like a business because they would be a failed business, um, they are a business and they spend on uh, you know, spend dollars to provide services to us as citizens, and in return they tax us, and that's how they're supposed to pay for all of this stuff that they give us. Um, except the problem is they either are not taxing us enough, or they're spending too much because those two things are not—they're uh, not matching up. And the last time we've had it match up was '99 or 2000. It was—it was with uh, President Clinton was the last time that we actually had one year of surplus where we brought in more than we spent as a country. And um, what's becoming an even bigger problem is, is it's not that we, I mean, me, I would love us to actually just pay our debts and you know run a surplus and you know make intelligent decisions, do these sorts of things. And again, it's not my job to decide whether that means higher taxes or whether that means lower spending or a combination thereof. I'm not an elected official. That's their job. Um, but what is concerning is the rate of which we are accelerating this debt um, and the rate of which things are going up uh, because it's, you know, just, uh, let me get it pulled up. Just last year, federal spending, just last year, the government spent $6.27 trillion dollars that was what the government spending was i mean i know That's we went over lot. this yeah yeah we went over this in an earlier podcast i don't remember which one it was or we were talking about like you know a trillion is a, a billion billions or whatever a million billion yeah. whatever yep. it was like and, and we we talked about the the enormousness of what one trillion dollars is they just willy-nilly spent 6.27 
trillion in one year. Like there's no mm. way we can keep up with that. We cannot keep up with this with this rate. And the other aspect of it is as the baby boomers continue more and more of them into retirement, the mandatory spending is only going to go up because social security is going to have to pay out more and Medicare is going to pay out more and Medicaid is going to pay out more. You know, each of those are projected to increase by 5% spent just because we're going to have more people in that group. So right there, you're going to have more spending just from that. No, you know, nothing else, no new programs, no new inflation reduction acts, no new whatever that keep coming out. And another one I know we were talking about right before the, you know, the, the show here is a lot of this we were paying. Oh, I had that number too. Um, let's see if I can find it really quickly. If not, um, yeah, here we go. So as of 2022, we spent net interest 8%. So we spent, uh, let me get that in dollars. We spent $475 billion just paying interest on mm. our debt. Mm. Well, we added another $6 trillion. Well, I shouldn't say that because there's some taxes that came in. We increased the deficit by um, $1.8 trillion, something like that. Um, but so we have $31 trillion now that we have to pay interest on and interest rates have gone up. So, you know, that 480, what was I saying? 400, 475 billion in interest payments is probably over a trillion dollars just in interest now. You know, like, so we have all these things that are going to start snowball compounding and we aren't even factoring in any new spending, any new pandemics, any new financial crises, any new anything else that we have to have emergency spending for. So that's kind of how we got here. Um, and I don't think anyone's going to be shocked. You might be shocked by the numbers, but I don't think anyone's going to be shocked hearing that the government spends too much money. I mean, that's that's just <laughs> that's a given. It's like the sky is blue, you know, type of a thing. So. Um, that's where we're at. And until our elected officials decide that they're going to quit buying votes, because that's all this is, we'll give you citizens whatever you want. Just keep voting for us. And until they stop doing that, like this is just going to become a bigger and bigger and bigger problem um, for future generations to deal with. Oh, where do you even start? Um, so it's it's a weird thing because the state that I live in, we currently have a two year um, surplus of almost eighteen billion, mm-hmm. um, and the reason why the government that big, can do it, uh, yeah, can do it. Um, that I think it was like eight or nine million last year. They couldn't agree on what to spend it on, so they just left it there. And then the next year, again, another surplus. So they're still trying to figure out with this biennium, this legislation period how to spend that money. So it's kind of interesting at the state level knowing that the state of Minnesota has an $18 billion surplus, but our national debt is just so wildly out of control. Um, mm-hmm. I like to plead ignorance on this topic just because it, it from a, a micro standpoint, it feels like 
the individual taxpayer, the individual citizen doesn't have much um, impact on this. So, and I tend kind of tend to take that approach of if I just, I don't really have an impact, I'll just kind of ignore it. So I just try to tune out some political issues, but where's that, the biggest areas of fat that we can potentially trim? And I don't want to turn this into a political debate, but like, (laughs) is it, I mean, it's war and and the war machine, right? I mean, um, what steps, and we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on Mm. that, but why is the, why is the spending so out of control? Is it more, um, arms dealing or is it more of the pandemic and um like you said buying votes and um uh bailouts and checks and all that stuff so what why what's changed since that 2022 years that you mentioned the last time we had um kind of a balanced budget sure and that's a loaded question good luck. uh yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, I am going to definitely balk at that slightly because we don't get into politics. Uh, we'll tiptoe only on on this show. Because um, it is, that's a loaded question. That's a very loaded question depending upon whether you're a Republican or you're a Democrat um, and how you well, view what the government's role is in, in your life. Um, you Go ahead, you were going to say something. Well, if you just want to simplify it and take it out, like what are we spending our money yeah. on? You yeah. Know, like, well, well. It, there, there's a few things. Um, you know, don't have to say if it's good or bad, but just like sure. What? Well, yeah. There's a few things. So taxes are lower than what they were in 2000 for everyone. So they're bringing in less money now. On the that that's part problem problem potential problem number one. I mean, no one wants to have higher taxes, but if you want the government to give you a bunch of stuff, well, we got to pay for it too. And you can't just, you know, I guess my big thing to go on a slight tangent here is I get real annoyed when people are like, oh, just tax the rich. Like, that's not fair. You know, they already pay. If you look at the top 1%, they already pay over 50% of all taxes. So they get the exact same stuff. Now they have tons of money to buy their own stuff. Totally get that. But from the government, they get the same protections, the same stuff as me or as you, and they pay way more taxes than, than you or I do. So, I mean, to me, the analogy is always like, if you're going to do a research project or a group project in school and there's 10 of you, mm. would you be willing to be the one that has to do over 50% of the work? And of course, everyone's, everyone would say no if I had posed that prior to now doing it the reverse way so you know what answer you would want to say. But... If, if you would ask that to a group of kids, they'd be like, no, I'm not signing up to do more than 50% of the work for the exact same grade that everyone else gets. That's not fair. Well, that's what, that's what we do already. So, But something, they got to generate more revenue. So how do you do that? I don't know. It's raising taxes. How they raise them, that's, that's, they got to figure it out. So that would be part of it, would be raising taxes. And then they got to cut spending. And some of it is... Uh, you know, kind of, I don't want to say uncuttable, but some of it is just, again, really, really, really poor planning. Let's take Social Security, for example. Since before I was alive, they've known Social Security was heading for problems, and yet we haven't changed anything other than we moved a, the ages around a little bit and moved it back to 67. Like, no, you didn't address the problem. You didn't do any of this. Let's take one that's recent. Uh, Biden trying to 
cancel all this student debt and all this. Like, yeah, it's great for some people, but what about everyone that's paid it off? What about addressing the actual problem of what, you know, we did a whole episode on this. Like, what about uh, tuition being so expensive? What about the government charging people ridiculously high interest rates when interest rates were super low? Like, there's, we don't ever fix a problem. We just throw money at it. So I would actually say that's the problem is that Congress doesn't fix anything. They just throw piles of money at something and then five years later turn around and basically blame citizens or businesses that it's their fault that they followed the rules and were able to get this money. And they're like, well, you shouldn't have, you know, or like PPP money. They were given that out like it was candy. And now they're going to turn around and be like, shame on you businesses because you followed the rules and we gave you money like Tom Brady's Tom Brady didn't need money during the pandemic, but TB 13 got money. Well, if he followed the rules and fell under the qualifications and you're giving away free money, like he didn't, they didn't break any rules, but now it's, Oh, shame on them. Like no shame on you for not drafting stuff correctly. Like that's the issue. And for continuing to just, you know, just not be intelligent with this. Like, if you have a problem, draft something intelligently and fix the problem. And don't let a bunch of other special interest crap get in there and get hooked on to some bill that it has nothing to do with. That would probably right there save, I don't know, 20% of the problem would just be that. Um, And then, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of programs, each of which are important to the individuals that are a part of them and not important to anyone that's not in them. So how do you cut those? I don't know. Not my job to have to figure that out, but it's got to be, I'd say that's it. We, we spend clearly, clearly way more. And yeah, things have gotten more expensive than they were 22 years ago, 23 years ago, but not not that much, not that much more expensive. So taking what you just said there, as an individual listening to this, um, potentially could feel very powerless. Um, yeah, but basically. Yeah, so but what can, what can, this is a stupid question, but maybe it's not. <laughs> what can we do to brace for it? Or what, what, what do we, what can we expect to feel an impact from a, a personal finance situation? Sure. Whether it's um, our savings accounts, investment accounts, how are we going to feel this um, effect on our personal lives. Sure. Well, there's kind of two things there. So I'll start with what can we do? Really, the only thing you can do as an individual citizen is your vote. Um, as we talked about you know, in an earlier show around election, like that's why it's so important that people go vote, that you spend some time and look over candidates and what they want to do. If this is important to you, you have to find candidates that aren't just going to go spend a bunch of money to continue to buy votes and stay out in Congress for 40 years of their life. Um, so that's what we can do. Other than that, you're exactly right. We are pretty, we can't just walk up and, you know, Democrats are in control right now. I can't just walk up to the White House and say, hey, Joe, stop spending money. And he, you know, he's not going to listen to me. They're going to do what they're going to do. Um, 
you know, and you could make that argument for Trump when he was in there. This isn't to pick on the Democrats because the Republicans ran up the tab um, when Trump was in there as well. Um, now, how how is this going to affect us? Um, in the short term, I really don't think there's a lot that's going to happen. Um, as I mentioned, I think this is a lot of political posturing right now. Uh, it's just one side trying to find ways to blame the other side. Um, and, you know, I think eventually they'll come to an agreement. They always have. There's only once that they played chicken with the debt ceiling. Um, they did get an agreement done, but they got it done so late that it was the first and only time that the United States debt was downgraded from the highest ranking it could be. Um, and that set, sent ripples through the markets, uh, you know, shorter term, because then it debt ceiling went up and and um, our credit was reestablished and whatnot. But um, we need to definitely avoid that. Like both sides need to not play chicken with it that you know that uh, that close. Um, we need to figure out whatever. Well, however, I don't know whatever they're going to figure out. They need to get it figured out, and they can. They can negotiate for a while. They have time. Um, the so we hit the debt ceiling, and the treasury has um, approximately six months worth of what they can, and no one can see me, but I'm doing air quotes. What they can do extraordinary measures um, to make sure that they can keep. Um, you know, paying for paying for the debts and and whatnot. So so we have six months. We have till this summer. Um, again, they they need to get this figured out ahead of time. So in that interim, I really don't foresee a lot of issues. There may run a time where we have had this before, where federal employees don't get paid for a set period of time, and you know, people from the national parks or whatever. I I think that was a few years ago. Um, you know, they just said, don't come to work. We can't pay you. So hopefully we don't get to that point. That would be obviously a lot closer to the debt ceiling um, or the six-month time frame, I guess I should say, this summer. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, in the short term, I, don't, I, I really don't foresee a, a ton of, of issues with this. The, the bigger issue is the cumulative, cumulative effect that we just keep spending like there is no tomorrow, but the problem is there there is a tomorrow and there are younger generations and it's not even me be complaining about it for me. Like it's what about, you know, people people that are being born right now, they're they're gonna be in such a higher tax bracket than any of us. We've had at least part of our careers in these low tax brackets. And I I I'm a very firm believer and my clients know this that um taxes are going to have to be higher. That's why we've talked about and have different episodes on Roth, why Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks are so powerful right now. Um, it's just, we eventually are going to be forced to have higher taxes, whether the, whether Congress wants to or not, they're going to be forced into doing it just to, just to start like kind of trying to pay for the debt, not even to run a surplus, just to make it so it's not so terrible their hands are going to be tied at some point. Uh, when that time frame gets here, depends you know, on a lot of things. 
Um, but you know, during our lifetimes, the tax brackets are going to have to be higher. We can't continue to keep. I mean, basically, what we're doing is is it, to put this in an analogy of a business would be we. Uh, you have bobbleheads behind you on the, in your on your shelf. We sell bobbleheads, and it costs us two dollars to buy those bobbleheads, and we're selling them on sale to everybody for a dollar twenty-five. Like we're not going to stay in business real long doing that, but that's basically what the government's doing every single year. Um, and they just, they can because they're the government. Like no business would, would ever mm-hmm. last like this. And so eventually they're not going to be able to keep doing that. And I don't think we're going to turn into Greece or anything like that where they filed bankruptcy. Or, But I do think that taxes are definitely going to be higher. So I'd say put that money in that Roth. Well, talk to your advisor first. I can't give <laughs> I can't give advice to people. So talk with your advisor or do your own research if you manage your own things, but check in on a Roth. It may be beneficial to you. There we go. We can go with that. Nice compliance catch. Right That's right. There. Thank you. Yes. Yes. That's right. No recommendations. Well, I don't know if, yeah. Well, I don't know if this is a worthwhile exercise, but based off what you just said, looking at this wonderful debt clock, which I've been looking at the entire time. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, your eyes, about a, your eyes look like uh, they've been glazing over, so I was wondering if you were looking at it. I think since we started the episode uh, 25 minutes ago, I think if my decimals places are corrected, it's gone up. 84 mil, 84 million. Um, yeah. so that's, no. that's rad, but it also <laughs> breaks it down. It's such a wonderful tool. It breaks it down with all these things, but anyways, uh, not a worthwhile exercise, but it, it says $246,000 basically per taxpayer and 94,000 per citizen. So that's basically going, okay, let's just eliminate the debt. Let's one-time payment of 95 grand per person. There you go. We're, yeah, we're well, debt free. Yeah, exactly. And that because of how this is broken out, um, from what sounds like what it was per citizen and per or no taxpayer. per taxpayer per citizen. Yeah. So like citizens would be people who aren't paying taxes. That includes like Just, little babies. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, but then like, and then you can slide over and revenue per citizen. So just to visualize, um, we're just under fourteen thousand of revenue per per citizen. So that's really not a. Uh, sus- that's a tax. Yeah, tax revenue that yeah, the government yeah. would make. So we're gonna need some kind of sustainable. This isn't gonna happen over one administration. Two, it's it's like uh, uh, decades. I, I mean, yeah. Absolutely, you're absolutely just, right. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in uh, changeovers and no. each one of those just be, being committed to the same type of agenda of yeah, well, this and, is a freaking problem. And and here, he, like here, here's the big problem. <laughs> just laying this out there. Let's say hypothetically, I could take a magic wand and get all of these wonderful congressional people to say, yes, this is important. We're going to have a balanced budget. Just that. That already seems insurmountable. Just to ask them, can you please, yeah. yeah, can you please just 
make as much as you spend or spend less than you make. You know, like every other citizen is required to do in our daily lives, spend less than you make, right? So if we could just get them to that point, this is still a huge problem because that only stops us at 31 trillion. And that is not paying anything back. That is just neutral. We stay at 31 trillion in debt and gives no wiggle room for any future catastrophe that happens because that's when a lot of this, you know, a lot of this went to COVID and another big spike was uh, 07, 08. And if you look back further in history, uh, another big spike is World War II, Revolutionary War, you know, but, but like those, let's take the Revolutionary War. We had a debt problem then, but it's because we were becoming a country. I think that's worth it, you know? I think, and World War II, I would say that was worth it to have, you know, all of this extra debt for a set period of time and, and have a big deficit because we were fighting World War II. Fast forward to where we are today. We're doing, we're, and, and I know that, that it's different. So like, I don't want to, because we did an episode on lying with statistics. Like I don't want to manipulate it too much because times have changed and things are more expensive. So you cannot look at dollars and cents. Like, what we spent in World War for all of World War II is probably less than what we spend in one year now. If you look at just dollars and cents, but you have to add in the inflation and whatnot. So you can't do that. But just looking at a debt to GDP ratio, like we're just, we're so high. We're, tw- we're so high right now that it's just like, just, yeah, just to get them to be neutral Mm-hmm. is such an ask that I, I like, I don't know. I, I really don't know how you fix this because you need 500 and what is it? 535 or whatever the amount of people in all of Congress. And I guess you don't need all of them, but you need half of them plus the president <laughs> to agree. And then to do that consistently year after year after year, it's just the people that are out there right now don't care. Like, I guess that that's all we can say. If this is important to us, if this is important to you listening, the people who are out there right now are not the right people because clearly they do not care. And the people who've been out there for the last 20 years also don't care because it's been, yeah, 22 years since someone or a group of people have cared enough to make a, a balanced budget. Um, so that that's, I mean, that's the only way. But we can't bury our head in the sand because event, like, we don't want to turn into Greece. You know how terrible that would be? Mm. Like we can't we can't do that either. Like yeah, it's hard work, but you know, the work starts the work starts now. It's easier to start today than 10 years from now. So what what are p- potential ramifications if this seems to just kind of always move the goalposts? If we can move the goalposts, let's just keep moving the goalposts. Why would we Oh, sure, yeah. Why why do we even have a debt ceiling? Yeah. Or I mean, is um, fake little. I think there's two reasons. Creature yeah. that exists. <laughs> Basically, yeah, I think there's two reasons, um, or or not two reasons, but two arguments, um, and and to each their own. I I see validity in both, and leave it up. Obviously, as I always do to the listener. Um, I think one argument can be made that we should not have a debt ceiling because there is no we move it every single time. 
we always extend it. We always move it. So what's the point of even having it? Um, and I don't, I think there are other countries that don't have one. Um, you know, I, I see some logic in that. Um, now the counter argument to that is, well, this is literally, even though it is a very, very small hurdle for Congress to get over, this is at least a little pausing point for one party versus the other to try to point some of this out and maybe slow it down. Because if there was no, no debt ceiling and they didn't have to pass something to raise it, there'd never be any potential for one party to negotiate with the other party who's in control about it. Because you don't have to get the group that's the minority, you don't have to get their approval. You have all the votes, just do what you want. So you just slam through whatever you want. Um, and I see, I see validity in that too. So I, I don't... I don't know. I don't know which one of those is right, but that's all I got on that. <laughs> fast, fast in your seatbelts. Kind of, yeah. I mean, I don't know, because I, I don't want to be doom and gloom, like it. But it right. is like we have, we we need to make, and it's the same with Social Security. We need to make some decisions because the decisions that they make in 2023, if they would decide how they're going to fix it, are going to be less impactful to everyone. People getting social security, people close to getting social security, young people who are working, it's going to have less of an impact on everyone if they make a decision today than if they wait five years or if they wait 10 years. Just like if they would have done their jobs and done it 30 years ago or 20 years ago or 10 years ago, it would have been even less impactful than it is today. So it's the same with this debt clock. Like we have to start, we have to start something like it's the snowball, right? It's, it's like compound interest. It's the reverse of compound interest because this is really bad, but the analogy is the same. You got to start with that snowball and just get something rolling down the hill trying and you can always improve on it, but you got to be trying. We're not even trying. We're, we're, we're actually doing worse than trying. We are like trying to raise this. We are, we are just recklessly spending. So um, I don't know. They got to try. But how do you get those people to try? Who knows? I, I don't know how to do it. That's a great question. Well, can we end on a better note? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Chiefs made you... this Super Bowl. Okay, that's not that. That's weird. a better note for me. Uh, and depending upon when people are listening to this, it'll go out before the the Super Bowl. But uh, hopefully, they're winners. Hopefully, you're listening to this and they've already won. That would be great. That would be great. But we'll see. Eagles are tough. Eagles are tough. Well, as a Vikings fan, I cannot stand the the Eagles. They're fans mainly. Um, so if you're an Eagles fan, I apologize, but I really am not that sorry. And then there's part of me that I like Patrick Mahomes, but I don't want the Chiefs to win because that makes – I should probably feel happy for you, but that's kind of like the <laughs> the one reason why I find myself going – That is, you know, that is a typical Vikings fan comment. <laughs> that's any fan. No. Nope. Come on. That's any fan. Nope. nope. BS. There, I'm calling BS. Nope. There are teams – I I actually feel bad for you guys as Vikings fans, so I do cheer for you. I'm not like, oh, all my friends are Vikings fans, so I want them to lose. 
like, no, I want you guys to be happy. Um, but that's a typical fight. You guys haven't won, so no one should win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've had uh, however many decks, 60 years of torture, and we literally wear I, shirts that say at least one before I die. That's our culture. I get banner. it. We can't have it. nice things. I get it. But hey, you're not in the Super Bowl, so you might as well cheer for the Chiefs so that your friend can be happy. I'm broken Minnesota sports fans. I just want <laughs> I just hope everybody has fun. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Anyways, we'll we'll take that conversation offline. So. <laughs> Support our podcast by pressing the follow button, leave a five-star review. Most importantly, tell a friend. Uh, if you have any questions or suggestions, shoot us an email at podcast.financiallysharp.com. Thank you for listening, and you'll hear us in the next episode. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast does not engage in rendering legal, tax, financial, or other professional services. Investment advisory services are offered through Harmony Wealth, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please contact Harmony Wealth at 602-935-5155 or at HarmonyWealthAZ.com. 